welcome to episode 47 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and for all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, number 47, an interview with Andrew Pollock, author of Why Meadow Died. And what a tremendous thrill it was to be able to speak with Mr. Pollock about this very insightful book he has written to keep the memory of his daughter alive and to see that what happened to him doesn't ever happen to another parent. Before we go to that recorded interview, let me tell you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. And you can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, Tumblr, Instagram at bboomerunleashed and on Twitter at bboomerunleashed1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. That's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. And give us your comments, uh, your criticisms, your suggestions for future episodes for Be Boomer Unleashed. Well, without further ado, we're going to go to that recorded interview that we recorded uh, last Thursday with Mr. Pollock, Mr. Andrew Pollock, and we'll go to that interview now. We're pleased to have uh, Mr. Andrew Pollock with us today, the author of Why Meadow Died, uh, the book I've been telling uh, you listeners about for a few weeks. And uh, Mr. Pollock, thanks for being on our podcast today. It's an honor to have you. Well, Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be here with you tonight. Uh, we could get our message out. And you have a real message. I've uh, read your book, and like I say, I've recommended it to a lot of my listeners. And, um, you know, having been in a school administrator for about 25 years myself and fighting this very thing you talk about, um, I know I would have enjoyed having Meadow as a part of my uh, student body. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your daughter and what really prompted you to write this book as a really a tribute to her life? Well, my, my daughter was the youngest child of three. She was a, a daddy's princess. Uh, there's not a, a minute that goes by in my day that I don't think about her. Uh, the whole family, she was the youngest of ten cousins. She was the last one that would have graduated from that school out of all her cousins. And, uh, you know, we miss her terribly. Her life was taken uh, prematurely. Uh, she had a, you know, she lit up a room. She had her whole life ahead of her with lots of plans. She was inspiring to, to go to law school. She was enrolled in a university that year. She would have went in the fall. And she was a fighter, uh, even up to, to that last day. Uh, on the third floor, Meadow was on the third floor when she got murdered. She was uh, shot nine times, but first she was shot down the hallway four times, and uh, then she covered a girl, a freshman, and uh, the killer shot her at close range, and the bullets went through my daughter and killed the young girl, freshman, underneath my daughter. Also. Oh, my. But, yes, so, uh, you know, something like this you don't recover from. You just learn to live with it. It's an open sore. That never goes away, and I wrote this book to honor my daughter because she would have wanted every parent to know uh, what happened and who who was responsible to many people, and uh, 
and that's what she would want me to do to honor her and get the truth out of really what happened in Parkland, the truth of what these uh, bureaucrats and these policies of how it led up to my daughter getting murdered. And, and that's all in my book, uh, Why Meadow Died. And, and that, that's why I wrote the book. So another, other parents don't have to go through what I've been through. But you know what? Parents, uh, a lot of them in these different cities, uh, they're not, they just don't think it's going to happen to them. And it happened, you know, like today there was another shooting. Same right. situation, uh, you know, you know, parents in the, you know, my book, I call it, it's a, uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's just a document that I call it to read, you know, to go through it and, and look at it, a manual, and see what happened to my daughter and look what's going on in your child's school and, and take the necessary, uh, make the necessary changes not to put your child in an environment like I did with my daughter. You know, there's options for parents. Uh, you have private school, there's charter schools, there's homeschool. You know, and, and if all else fails, you might have to move to a community where your child, where they take the safety of the, of the children, uh, you know, important. They put a precedent on keeping your kids safe. You know, not all schools do it. The, the same school right now where my daughter went to school uh, hasn't done it. Well, you're absolutely right. And every time one of these tragedies happen, and it is a tragedy, and, you know, I don't know what evil possesses a person to do what they did, but most people uh, like to jump right on the gun debate right away and blame the guns, blame the guns. But you chose a different path, and and that's what's intriguing about this book, that uh, you chose a different path rather than to blame the guns. Yeah, well, I, 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 I took the path of the truth, and I'm just a righteous person. That's how I live my life, being right. righteous. You know, and and I just wanted to know the truth of what happened. And I'm not a, I don't have any agenda. I'm not a politician. I, I don't want to be a politician. But, you know, my daughter was murdered at that school, and this is what happened. Parents want to know the truth. Then, then they read this book. If you want to watch uh, mainstream media where they blame guns and uh, large magazines and, what you know, these, these they call assault weapons. You know, weapons of war. If you want to watch all that and believe the all the BS, uh, that's what it is. BS. All these shootings. There's a reason why they're happening at public schools. Okay, they take you. You've been in education. Right. They take kids now. So there's a two-tier problem with what's going on with the public schools. One is the discipline matrix of of giving kids multiple uh, misdemeanors per school year without any accountability and the lack of discipline in the schools. They wanted to reduce the school-to-prison pipeline. Let's not arrest kids of color. They're getting arrested more. And all that does is hurt all kids, regardless of color of skin. Uh, every kid is affected by it by not being when there's no consequence. So that's been pushed in our public schools uh, throughout the whole country. And it just passed, I think, and I just had, I, don't, I forget if it was in North Carolina or South Carolina, they had a vote. Uh, I, I was on the news there, and, and they passed it to make it that when a teacher or principal suspends a child, the parents have the right to appeal 
and and now they won't and now there's no suspension until the appeal hearing is held so yeah. that, that that's just ridiculous that's just ludicrous yeah, in California, it's against the law to suspend disruptive children, okay? And I don't even know, you know, what parent, even if you're a Democrat, would think that's a good environment to put your kid in where a kid could curse out the teacher, start a fist fight in the classroom, steal someone's iPhone, you know, be disruptive, and have no consequence. So it, it, even, you know, Democrats really... You got to, you know, even think, and all parents, you just got to look into these policies and say, you know what, I, I shouldn't be putting my kid in that type of environment. So that's the one tier that's a big problem is the discipline in the school, in the public schools. The second is, which you probably know about is, they'll take a child who's emotionally disturbed, uh, op oppositional defiant disorder uh, labeled, and they'll, lab and they'll make them a special needs child who is emotionally disturbed, and that makes them untouchable. Right. So wh when I talk to parents, when I say special needs, most parents, and even myself, would think, oh, the kid's autistic, he's dyslexic, he has a learning disability, he's not disruptive. That's not those children. I have no problem. Any parent would want to mainstream them. But as you've seen it being in education, they'll take a child who's emotionally disturbed, and they label them special needs where they're, they're, most of them are just evil, you know, or, or just bad kids. And they'll put them in, they'll mainstream them with our children, and they give them more rights than 99.5% of the kids in the, in the school. And those are the problems that are, that are uh, transpiring in the country. And if you want to stop school shootings, that's the first two places to start is right there, not looking at our Second Amendment. I agree. And... You know, the, um, uh, I, I dealt with that nearly every day as, of my life as 25 years as a school principal. And when you label a kid with a behavior disorder or oppositional defiant, it's just like they've got a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a free pass. And, uh, you know, the, yep. the pressure is really on the school administration not to discipline those kids as they would other kids. Of course, you know, I I didn't pay too much attention to that dear colleague letter when it came when it came to disciplining children in the yeah. school because I felt my responsibility was to all the good kids in that school whose educations and their safety was in jeopardy because of some of these outlaws and uh, it's 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 just insane what we're doing today and and I I was glad to see you know you took Scott Israel and the police uh, department to task and the superintendent and uh, I guess. Um, uh, they, they've officially finally removed Scott Israel from office. Is that correct? He's been removed, and then he tried to get his job back. Uh, the governor, thank, uh, thank God we got uh, Ron DeSantis elected in Florida because we would have been a mess with that other uh, Andrew Gillum who was running against him, that socialist Democrat. He was running against him. But Ron DeSantis, he took in the facts. Something Democrats aren't good at is really looking at facts and being able to you know, look at it and then come to a conclusion. They, they really, it's easy, you know, for someone to just say, let's ban guns. It's harder when you dissect issues and try and fix it so it doesn't happen again. And that's what we did in Florida. We, uh, Ron DeSantis got elected and he removed Sheriff Israel within the first month. Okay. Governor at the time uh, when the shooting happened was Rick Scott, who was a Republican. He put together... Uh, a commission to look into all, all the failures 
so it doesn't happen again. You know, that's what people, that's what leaders do. They don't just put Rick Scott could have pushed any agenda he wanted. He was running for Senate in a few months, but he didn't do, he didn't take that path. He uh, supported all the families. He put a commission together, uh, and some of the parents are on it, uh, law enforcement throughout the state, um, prosecutors, uh, uh, maybe some lawyers were on it, and and they looked into all the facts. They've been it's been going on a, a year and a half now. This commission, and they came out with all these findings that would have made a big difference. And we're making changes in, in, with legislation in Florida, only because it's run. You know, listen, I talk this game of you know ripping Democrats. I wasn't always this way, and, and up until my daughter got murdered. Right. And when I started looking at the facts. And I see how what all these Democrats did. I really, uh, you know, I don't really care what anyone thinks about me, but I really don't. I really despise these people because they don't look at the facts. Okay, they push an agenda without even looking at these policies. So for me, that's like a spit in my face and my daughter's face by not looking at how about the police, if you could believe it, went to the murderer's house over forty times between wow. the, the two brothers, and no one was ever arrested. Okay, he threatened to shoot the school up to the sheriff's office, right? Never was followed up on. And after he threatened to shoot the school up, uh, he trespassed at the school and still wasn't arrested. So, you know, they want to push. You know, Pelosi. Uh, you know, Pelosi came to Parkland and pushed her anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment agenda, but they don't look at the facts. Like you know it with that dear colleague letter, Arnie Duncan, end the school to prison pipeline. Let's not hold kids accountable and let's just create an environment where kids have no consequences. And that's what happened in Parkland. And that's what happened probably in California today. That's what happened with the Dayton shooter uh, who, who shot up those people in Dayton, Ohio. He threatened people's lives, never arrested, had a rape list, never arrested. Everyone knew he was going to be a killer. But because of these leniency policies, they, they don't believe in arresting. And, and, and that really hurts kids when there's no consequence. Absolutely. So between those lax, lax policies and labeling kids special needs, it's just a cluster uh, of chaos in public schools. And any parent, you know, that's what I tell. I, I should be the only parent that gets a pass saying, I didn't know what was going on in my daughter's school. No parent in the country should be able to say that anymore. I don't want to hear it even from the parents in California. Yeah, I feel bad for these parents, but I, I was everywhere. I, I told every single parent, everyone in the country knows, you need multiple armed guards at the schools. You need single point of entries. The teachers should be able to go and take training if they voluntarily want to. And these policies, emotionally disturbed children and lax discipline policies, well, you so know, when you've you got to put your kids in a school that has that, yeah, they roll the dice. Every yeah, day. it's crazy. You know, when when you have this lax discipline policy like you're talking about here, which is, you know, not just in Florida or California, it, it's nationwide. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's awful. And, you know, when you underreport or fail to report, that makes your discipline figures look really good. Just like if we legalized heroin, we wouldn't have a drug problem, would we? It, it's just and sad. It is sad. And you know what? I, I don't want to deal with, uh, like, I 
like people tell me, you know, they want me to run for office. I should deal with the school board. I should fight this. I, listen, I'm done doing that stuff. I did everything possible. I got the bills passed in Florida. I met with the president. I met with the governor. Right now, my message is to parents that are listening. It's your responsibility where you put your children. It's not the, the school district. You know, maybe you could get things done at a school district. Not all school districts are like Broward or like, you know, different uh, mega districts. Maybe parents could make a difference in some school districts. I'm not saying they can't. But ultimately, parents drop, you, you drop your kids off at the school, right? You drive them there. So you, it's your responsibility where you bring them. You're accountable for them. You drive them to the school bus, you put them on the bus, and they go to that school. You know, don't just roll the dice every day. You know, chances are your kid's not going to get shot, but why put them in an environment where there's no discipline and they have these kids that are that emotionally disturbed in the classroom with your child? And it's on the parents now. That That's where I put it on. That, that that's, uh, that's my legacy now. It's on the parents, and, and, and you guys should know better where you put your kids. There's options. I agree with you 100 percent. It's, you know, you would think that when you're dropping your kids off at a school that they would be safe for the day, but that's the farthest thing from the truth. If you think your child is going to be safe there, but the problem is, the issue is, uh, Mr. Pollock, is that we could keep our kids safe, but we would rather spend our money on shiny things rather than the safety of our own children, and, it, and, and, and that's just absurd. Yeah, I don't get it. You know, uh, a lot of these, how many kids are going to have to get killed until everyone, we wake up? And, and you know, it's issue, it's problems. But, you know, the Democrats, they don't want to look at it because all they're going to say is they're going to spew more gun control. We need to ban this gun. We should ban the large-capacity magazines. That's not looking at the root. There's no solution there, what they're saying, because that's not going to happen. So to look at, to see what's happening, you got to look at this. You got to have real solutions and real solutions is putting these emotionally disturbed kids in different classrooms and having discipline, a discipline matrix that works for all kids and gives the kids more right. The kids that want to go and learn, it gives them more rights than the kids that are there just to be disruptive. And there are plenty of those kids there that want to learn, but there's also this minority of kids who want to be disruptive. But those are the ones that we mollycoddle around and tiptoe around, and it's it makes our it makes our children uh, unsafe. They're they're not safe to be there many times. They're yep. bullied or they're or they're they're injured. Uh, they're shoved and pushed around and all kinds of things and. Uh, all of the rights go to these quote-unquote disabled kids who aren't really disabled. Some of them are yes, just mean. Well, they're evil, man. Worse right. than mean. Mean isn't as bad as evil. Uh, you know absolutely. You're Some you're absolutely right. sick and evil. Like in the world, there's evil people. And these evil people shouldn't be labeled special needs. Correct. And forget about even why put your kids. Some of these teachers, I read surveys because, you know, I... I got tossed into this some of these teachers in these uh, districts are spending 10 minutes a learning session on disruptive kids absolutely when kids could be learning this teacher has to waste her time dealing with some kid who's emotionally disturbed or disruptive that ha doesn't have any consequence you know you've been in education why don't you think these is happening at private schools school shootings well because parents uh pay a lot of money for their kids to be there, and that school is interested 
in the child's safety, and they don't have to take all these uh, thugs and hoodlums into the private school. Exactly. That's it. That's, it. That's my point. Uh, they don't take these emotionally disturbed, disruptive kids in, in these private schools. In Florida, you know, hey, look, not every, everyone's going to be listening. Well, I can't afford private, you know. Well, in Florida, there is uh, we have voucher programs right. uh, for, for parents, but there are, there's also charter schools that don't take these type of kids. You could look in. I don't know what, what, what state are you in? West Virginia, and they've they've tried that uh, okay. tried to get that through in West Virginia, but the teachers have. Uh, oh yeah, it's 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 awful. Yeah, so I love West Virginia. I went through West Virginia. Uh, when I was uh, leaving Florida, I went up north, and then I cut through West Virginia. It's a beautiful state. Beautiful, yeah. But listen, parents, yeah, you can't, it, it's on the parents, you know what I mean? It, 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 maybe in West Virginia and some of your smaller school districts, if enough parents got together, they can make a difference. You know, and it depends who's running some of these districts. You know, if you got people with an ideology like we do, uh, me, myself and you, they're not going to have those type of policies. But the problem is they infiltrate they infiltrate the school districts, these type of uh, bureaucrats. Yes, they do. These, this liberalism, this, this mental disorder that we call liberalism, uh, infiltrates these school boards. And, and, and this, this, you know, in Broward, the uh, budget in Broward County, Florida, is $4.8 billion. Wow. Could you imagine that? Wow. And then you have people... The people, nothing against, you know, every, you know, school board members, but you got a school board member with no background in business making $30,000 a year, uh, and, and they're doing the budget for $4.8 billion business. It's crazy. Where, what company in America would hire someone with no background, no experience in running a $4.8 billion company and pay him $30,000 a year? That's what's called, that's in a mega district like Broward. But, you know, not all school boards are like that. I'm sure in West Virginia, some of your uh, districts are smaller, and maybe the parents could get a hold of it if they read this book, Why Meadow Died, and they have a grassroots organization, and, and they go meet with these school districts. Maybe they can make change. I tried it in Broward, and we came up short. Uh, I couldn't get it done in Broward. Uh, and, and, but I don't know about West Virginia. Maybe you have some hope there. Well, I would hope. Tell us a little bit about Americans for Class. That's that's interesting what you're doing there. Well, I opened an organization. Really, I started it because I wanted to raise money uh, to build a huge playground for my daughter, uh, in honor of my daughter, uh, in in Broward. So I, I opened this 501c3 uh, to edge, and, and, and that's what I did. I raised over $500,000 with Americans for, for Class. And uh, and right now I, I'm, I'm sitting right now, but I'm going to be entering uh, the school safety arena with a company, where we're going to be linking uh, police departments uh, with school districts uh, with the cameras and you know all high def cameras where they can have instant access to different school districts in the country. So say a school, if any school in the country has cameras. We'll be able to link that with grants. We're going to be giving grants away for different school districts. And if anyone is interested in, in West Virginia that's listening to you, they could they could DM me on my Twitter, Andrew Pollock FL. I, I, I see all my Twitter stuff. And uh, we're going to be giving grants away to school districts uh, to give them security 
uh, with the with the sheriff's department or the police departments will be able to link them when real time to cut down on response time. So I'm, I'm entering that arena. I'm going to be helping different uh, districts. But parents, uh, you know, if you want, if ask me questions, they could get me on my uh, Twitter. But mainly, you know, I just really parents should read my book and 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 I tell them, uh, don't do what I did. Don't do what these parents just did in California who will never see their kids again. Don't just take it for granted and put your kid in these schools thinking you can't. It can't happen to you because I'm sure those parents in California didn't think it could happen to them. Uh, I didn't think it could happen to me. So you know. It could happen, but we're, you know, probably won't, but you put them in an environment that, that's for educating your kids, not in a disruptive, uh, chaotic environment that, that a lot of these districts have. What can we, what, what can we do to help, Mr. Pollock? What, what, what can we do to help? As, uh, uh, me personally and, and the listeners out there, Be Boomer Unleashed, what can we do to help? To help? I want to, me, I, nothing's going to help me, you know what I mean? Right. I can I could tell you that nothing could help me after unless someone could resurrect my daughter. Uh, that would be the only thing that could help me. But I would want parents to educate themselves and, and read my book. That's what I would do. Tell, tell us how. Tell us again how listeners can get a copy of your book. I ordered mine from Amazon.com. Are there other outlets where you can get that? Yeah, we could uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, these books, uh, you know, get it. They should read it and then bring it to the kid's teacher or school board member and donate it to them to read because this is the truth of what happened in Parkland and every parent should be educated and like I say, don't roll the dice every day sending your kid to a school where you don't know what's going on. Talk to your children. They know if there's disruptive kids. They'll, they'll let you know real fast what's going on in, in the school district. Well, listen, uh, Why Meadow Died is a signed reading for all the listeners of Be Boomer Unleashed. Uh, we've been promoting the book, and what a courageous work you've done there, and what a total waste uh, with uh, Meadow passing and being murdered so soon. But uh, her legacy lives on through you, sir, and I salute you for that, uh, something no parent should ever have to go through, but uh, you have put it squarely where it needs to be. It's on the parents now. If they read your book, they can't blame anybody else. No, they can't. That's that's my whole saying to every parent. I'm the last person that didn't that could actually say I didn't know what was going on. You know, I didn't even told tell you this. They had to frisk my daughter's murderer every morning before school. Oh my goodness. And he was so and that's how dangerous he was. And they didn't let him in the school with a backpack. But it was okay to send them into the school. If you, you could, and you could imagine this. This is what I live with now. And no parent should have to go through this. So read the book, Why Meadow Died. And if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. They could just write me on Twitter. Well, Andrew, you have my phone number. You know how to get in touch with me anytime you want. I have truly enjoyed talking with you today. Thanks so much for visiting with us. And our prayers certainly go with you and your family and the work you're doing here uh, to keep students safe. Thank, thank you so much, and, and have yourself a wonderful night. Well, folks, that uh, concludes our interview with Andrew Pollock, and I hope that uh, you were able to glean some valuable information from this interview. Get the book. Get the book. You won't be sorry. And as uh, Andrew said, 
once you read the book, share it with a school teacher, share it with a principal, share it with the board members, whatever we need to do to get this message out to keep our kids safe. Well, it's been great being with you this week. We look forward to having you tune in again for next week's episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. Hey, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.